As, all right, all right. Hey, guys, if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your copy of God's Word to Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be at in just a moment. Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be, so if you've got a copy of God's Word, you can open that up. If you've got it on your phone, whatever you need to do, you can go ahead and do that. Hey, let's uh, thank our worship team one more time, man. I just love uh, how God uses them every week, man. Thank God for those uh, men and women and just how they serve and what they do here Uh, what they mean to our church. Hey, um, I want to say something really quick. Before we dive into the message uh, this week, we talked about it just really briefly last week. Just, it just, it just got a mention, but I know that you've seen on the news and uh, things like that. I mean, the, uh, with Hurricane Harvey, one of the worst disasters ever in the history, uh, absolutely, of, of, of our country, one of the worst things we've ever seen, and just the images that are coming from Texas are and Louisiana, and, and just th- places that have been impacted are just absolutely horrifying. And last week I mentioned, um, you know, when you give here every week, we always say, you know, when you give, what you give matters. Well, one of the things that happens here, and I, and I mean this, one of the things that happens here every week, when you give, a portion of what you give goes to what's called the North American Mission Board. The North American Mission Board is uh, part of the Southern Baptist Convention, and the North American Mission Board, they are the leading church planting organization, honestly, in the country. They're planting more churches than any other organization in the country right now. If you want to know what kind of churches the North American Mission Board uh, plants and helps start, you are actually sitting in one right now. Uh, They helped start us. They gave us the money to start Summit Community Church. So you are in a North American Mission Board church right now uh, that that they helped start. But also a part of uh, uh, the North American Mission Board is what's called Send Relief. NAM Sin Relief is what it's actually known as, and it is honestly the third largest uh, relief organization in the world. Uh, just this past week, uh, NAM Sin Relief, they were giving out 400,000 meals a day this past week. Um, and what you give every week, a portion of that goes to that. And so you, what you gave last week, what you give this week, today, all week online, uh, it is going to help victims of Hurricane Harvey. In fact, uh, really quickly, I want to show you a very quick, it's very quick, so guys get ready, about 20-second long video, just uh, show you a scene or two from this week and what NAM Sin Relief uh, has been doing and what your offering is making possible. So check this video out. Hope, knowing things will get better. Hero, an ordinary person who does extraordinary things. Already there is hope, and there are heroes in Texas. Because when disaster strikes, we are there. And we will stay there until the work is finished. We are Send Relief. 100% of your gifts go to help survivors of Hurricane Harvey. So the website that we'll put right there on the screen, if you want to say, hey, I'm going to give to Summit, but I want to give over and above specifically to that. Um, If you're looking for an organization that has boots on the ground, they were there before Hurricane Harvey. They're there right now. They won't leave for the next several years. If you want to know that 100% of what you're giving is going to an organization that's actually making a difference and helping rebuild Houston, uh, you can give at that website. Another thing that you can do at, at that website, actually, is volunteer. If God is leading somebody in this church to say, hey, you know what, I would love to go to Houston. I would actually love to lead a team to go to Houston. That right there, you can go to sinrelief.net slash Harvey, and you can fill out a form to volunteer, and they can actually give you information. Listen, if, you, if anybody here, if you want to try to lead a team for people from Summit Community Church here in Hazard to go to Houston, you can. That is the way to do it. That's one of the most effective ways to do it. So at that website right there, sinrelief.net 
backslash Harvey. Um, that is an organization that is doing a lot of good. Everything you saw in that video, that was clips just from a couple of days ago. And so it's happening right now today. And I just wanted you guys to know, man, that what you're giving, if you're thinking, what's our church doing uh, to help those people down there? That's exactly what we're doing. That's what we're a part of. Something that we were already a part of, and they are there right now making a difference. All right? So, uh, so I wanted to mention that to you just so that we, you know what, uh, how our church has responded to that and how you can be a part of it, all right? Hey, I want to pray for us really quick before we dive in to what God's got for us, okay? So let's um, just bow our heads, close our eyes, and I want to give you just a, about five seconds to say, God, whatever you have for me today, just get me ready for it, all right? I want you to ask God to speak to you today, all right? Go ahead. God, that's our prayer, our prayer right now. We just take a moment of silence there, God, and we just ask that, Jesus, you would speak to us. You are a living God. And you are a speaking God. You're not silent. You're not off in uh, the distant corner of the universe somewhere and, and letting us figure this out. God, you are engaged in what we're doing in this place today. Just like we sang already, we don't want to sing about you like you're not in the room. You are in the room. You are right here. Jesus, we don't, we don't have to ask you to come. You are already here. What we do need to ask for is that you would make us aware of your presence in this place that you would make our hearts and our minds and our eyes aware of what you want to do and how you want to speak to us. So God, open us up and wake us up today. And God, I pray that you would do, God, what only you can do. Father, you created the universe by your word. Your word is living and active. So God, would you create new things in our hearts today by your word? Will you create new things in our lives today by your word? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. My oldest daughter, Cassidy, she is right up here in the front row. What? And uh, there we go. Look, you have a fan section. And, um, and so uh, my oldest daughter, Cassidy, she's right here in the front row. And, uh, and I actually asked permission, by the way, to use this illustration. Uh, I, any of my family members that are in the room, and I know I'm going to talk about them, I asked permission to use them as an illustration beforehand. My youngest daughter, Chloe, she's still back in Summit Kids, so she's got a long time of me making fun of her, and she has no idea I'm doing it in public, and I'm, I just think that she'll be all right with that. But once they get in here, I asked permission first, and so I asked Cassie this morning, I said, I'm going to talk about you. Is that okay? And she said, sure. And so she has no idea what I'm about to say. I said, but it's not anything bad. But I will say one thing about Cassidy. Cassidy loves to travel. She loves to go places. When I say go places, I mean she loves to go places like Walmart or to your house. And she might not know you, but she's ready to come right now. And she will go. She just loves to go on vacations and she loves to go on trips. And one of the things she always does is she always asks her mother and I to take her places. And when I say take her places, I mean places that are local that, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mom, Dad, let's go to Walmart. Mom, Dad, let's go get something to eat. But then also she will ask to go to places that, are, that there's no way we are absolutely going there, possibly in our entire lives. Like a couple of weeks ago, we were driving. I can't remember if we were driving to soccer practice or what. And we kind of quiet in the car and completely serious. She looks at me. She says, Dad, will you take me to see the Taj Mahal? I said, well, not right now. We're going to soccer practice. And so uh, let's get soccer knocked out first. And then uh, maybe we can, Dad, can you, Mom, Dad, can you take me to Paris? That's a normal question. Will we go on a cruise? Dad, can we go here? Mom, Dad, can we go here? Let's go here. Let's do this. Can we go to this place? And, um, and as she's gotten older, I think she's figured out uh, maybe, a, maybe a back door uh, that she thinks will get into, into our hearts and think, oh, yeah, oh, I think, oh, yeah, we should absolutely do that. So a lot of times now, instead of just asking to go places, she'll do this because she's getting smarter. She's figured, she thinks she's figured out the system. She'll say, hey, mom or dad, how about we do a mission trip to this place? 
right? Yeah, I'm sure that's called, that's what they, you know, mission trip, that's what that's called, tourism is what that's called. And, um, right? But here's the thing, here's the thing I love about it, here's the thing I love about it, because you never know what she's going to ask, but I can guarantee you one thing, she is going to ask something. And that is the exact principle that Jesus wants to teach us today in the second part of our series, Like Kids. Now, what we are doing in this series is we started it last week. If you missed last week, you need to go back and listen to it. Don't listen to it right now. Okay, let's get done with part two, and then you can go back and listen to part one. But you need to listen to it if you missed it, because what we are doing in this series is we are talking about how to have childlike faith, how to believe God for greater things. And so last week we saw, we saw in Matthew 18, Jesus bring a child, this really small kid, into the midst of the disciples. And he says, listen, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, you need to become like this child. You need to believe God can do anything like kids. And so last week we saw that kids believe. And God wants us to have childlike faith. See, one of the things that you and I have got to realize when we talk about this idea of childlike faith is that childlike faith is not anything different than normal, everyday faith. Okay, so when I'm up here and we're talking over the next couple of weeks about believing God for great things, believing God for the impossible, we are not talking about, when we're talking about childlike faith, we are not talking about deeper kind of faith. We are not talking about varsity level or graduate level faith. We are talking about normal, everyday faith, that the kind of faith that honors and glorifies God is the kind of faith that believes that our God is able to do anything at any time. Amen? That's, that's, that's normal faith. So we're not talking about exceptional faith. No, no, no. Jesus calls all of us to childlike faith. We said this last week. Listen, when you went to God for the very first time, that thing you asked him to do when you started your relationship with him, remember that? You asked Jesus to forgive you for your sins, make you brand new, and give you eternal life so that you will never die. You have asked God for big things before. You have seen God do big things in your life. And God says to us, hey, I want you to stay right there in that place where you believe me for all things. And so last week we talked about how kids believe. Today we are talking about how kids ask. All right, so if you've got a Bible, I want you to open it up, uh, turn it on, whatever you are going to do, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible on your phone or whatever, it's going to be on the screen behind me probably if it's not already. But Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be. It says this. This is Jesus talking. And Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So this, these verses that we just read, they are in the middle of the longest sermon we have from Jesus in the Bible called the Sermon on the Mount. Now here's what you need to know every time you read a sermon from Jesus in the Bible, whether it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that's the Sermon on the Mount, or any other place. Every sermon that you and I read from Jesus in the Bible, it is not the entire sermon. It's not a manuscript word for word of that sermon. It's basically the highlights. Those sermons are longer than what we read here, but the most detailed account of any sermon we have from Jesus in the Bible is called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And in the context where we're reading that right here in Matthew 7, 7 through 11, Jesus is talking about prayer. 
Listen, prayer is the expression of childlike faith. Prayer is is ground zero of childlike faith. In fact, I would even say this. You can write this down if you need to remember this. What you believe about God is revealed every time you pray. Every time. What you believe God is willing to do in your life, what God can do in your life and through your life, it is revealed every single time you pray. Listen, that's why a lot of people don't pray at all. That's why a lot of people, that's why too many Christians come to church and they sing about God on Sunday and they talk about God on Sunday, but they live the rest of the week like they're an atheist and they're trying to do life on their own. Anybody? Right? Listen, last week we closed the sermon and we, and we told you, and I told you, I gave you some homework to think about the question, what are we believing God for? It's right over there on that banner. We're going to come back to it in a little bit. But here's the deal. Too many Christians are not believing God for anything. The devil's told you, and you've told you, and other people have told you, God's not going to do anything big in your life. God doesn't want to work through you. You're a mess. Look at your past. Look what you did last night. God's not going to do anything through you. And what happens is we start to believe it. And we let it eat away at our faith and destroy our faith. And too many followers of Jesus are living by faith instead of living, living by sight rather than living by faith. Right? Too many believers are doing that. Too many Christians, the biggest thing we're asking God to do, this might get a little personal. Too many believers, the biggest thing we're asking Jesus to do every single day when we pray, the biggest request we are going to God with is we are going to God every day. And the biggest request we ask, the biggest thing we ask God to do is God, be with me today. Right? God, be with me today. And listen, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But did you know that Jesus has already told you he's going to do that? Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus says, And lo, I am with you always. Jesus, be with me today. Jesus, be with me today. I'm convinced Jesus is in heaven looking down saying, Listen, I'm God. You can't get away from me. I'm going to be with you whether you like it or not, bro. This morning, I was re- this morning I was reading my devotions. I'm reading through the book of Matthew right now. And in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus is walking. There's a big crowd around Jesus. And there's some blind men who were there. Well, listen, they were blind from birth. No vision, no sight at all. There was no possibility they were ever going to be healed from that. Nothing was going to set them free. Listen, once you were there, you were there. They were blind from birth. Massive crowd following Jesus. And they had heard about how Jesus had healed people and all the things that Jesus had done. And so these blind men begin to loud, to begin to yell rather at the top of their at the top of their lungs. They are screaming for Jesus, trying to get Jesus' attention. And Jesus stops. He's walking big crowd around him. Jesus stops, looks at those blind men, and Jesus looks at those blind men and he says, What do you want me to do for you? They did not say, just be with me today. Just be with me today, Jesus. They didn't do that. They said, Jesus, we want to see. We want to see. And we've heard what you've been doing. And we've heard that paralyzed people are walking and demon-possessed people are being set free. Jesus, we want to see. And do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that immediately they saw. They, They didn't waste the opportunity. Jesus, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say to that? So here's the, whole, here's the whole point of the sermon today. If you don't remember anything else I've said, this is the only point that I want you to get today. The whole sermon wrapped up in one phrase. You can tweet it if you want to. Here's the whole sermon wrapped up in a phrase. I only want our church to see one thing today, and it's simply this idea. God wants to be believed. 
God wants to be believed. Did you know that? Not believing that God exists. God wants to be trusted. Did you know that? God wants you and I to believe that he's able. God wants you and I to trust him for our daily needs. God wants you and I to live by faith, to believe God for small things, big things. God wants to be believed. In fact, I love what Jesus says here when he's talking about the kind of good, good father that God is that we just sang about, verse nine. Which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Listen, I mean, any parent worth their salt loves to bless their kids, loves to make their kids happy, and maybe that means giving them something or whatever that might mean, but you want to bless your kids, don't you? You want to give your kids things. You want to try to do whatever it takes to make them happy. And Jesus says, listen, if we as earthly moms and dads want to do that, how much more would our heavenly Father want to give good things to his children when his children ask him? And so Jesus uses three words. Verse 7, look at verse 7 with me. Ask, seek, knock. Everybody say those three words with me. Ask, seek, knock. Everybody say them again. Ask, seek, knock. Those are not three different ways to come to God. Jesus is trying to drive home the idea that he wants you and I to come to him like kids and ask. Like kids who come to their moms, come to their dads, their grandparents, guardians, whoever, and ask for anything at all. Ask at all times. Jesus wants you and I to be like kids and to ask. And so when I think about the way that kids ask for things, two things pop up in my mind, and I think two things pop up in the passage that we see here this morning that we need to see if we're going to begin to ask God like kids. And the first thing that we need to see is that kids ask for everything. Don't they? Kids ask for everything. Moms and dads, would you agree to that? Right? I mean, you're walking through Walmart or you're walking through somewhere. Can we buy that? Can we have that? Can we eat that? Can we have that? Can we buy that? It doesn't matter if the price tag is $1,000. They don't care. Right? They don't know where the money's coming from. They just want it. Right? I hear that. Amen. Right? Right? Kids ask for everything. There is no filter on what kids will ask for. There is no limit on what kids will ask for. Did you see that there's no limit on what Jesus tells you and I to ask for? Did you see that? Jesus says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. You guys are not getting excited to the level that I think that we might want to get excited when God with skin on looks and says, ask for whatever you want and you'll get it. Knock and it will be open for you. You know why I don't think you're excited? Somebody's excited. You know why I don't think you're excited? There you go. You know why I don't think you're excited? Because I think you're just like me. See, let me, let me talk as a preacher for a second. Let me talk as, as a preacher, somebody that, you know, this is what I do, man. I talk about the Word of God. I preach. I try to explain and make clear the Word of God. I'll just be honest with you. Do you know what my temptation is to do with that verse? My temptation for that verse, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open for you. My temptation is to spend the next 45 minutes telling you what that verse doesn't mean. That's my temptation. My temptation is to spend the next 45 minutes putting limits on what Jesus doesn't put a limit on. My temptation is to spend 45 minutes on trying to make sure that you and I don't go over the cliff of verse 7. Now listen to me. There is a cliff. Okay? There is a cliff. Ask and it will be given to you. All right. Money, money, money. Right? And you go home this week and you're asking Jesus for a yacht. 
and for a Lamborghini and for a hotter spouse and for better kids, right? And you are asking for stuff, right? And you are, you are asking for crazy things, for all kinds of massive things. Listen, there is a cliff that you and I could go over here. And simply put, here's the cliff, because I'm not going to spend all the time talking about what this verse doesn't mean. But here is the cliff. You and I should not expect God to answer our prayers when the whole motivation behind our prayers is me and making my life better. Building my kingdom instead of Jesus' kingdom, right? Jesus, will you help me to get better? Why you want to get better? Because I don't like it. Because it hurts. Because it gets in the way of how I want to live. And it doesn't have anything to do with the glory of God. Hello? Hello? Jesus, Jesus, will you give me a promotion? Jesus, will you bless me? Jesus, will you give my family more financial resources? Why? Would you be more generous? All of a sudden, you hate this sermon, don't you? Uh Uh-uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, you're like, wait a second, whoa, 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 back off, right? Why, why would God bless you and give you what you want if the only person who will get the benefit is you and building your kingdom? Jesus, I'm lonely, I'm single. Jesus, bring somebody into my life. And you don't even care whether or not they know God. And you don't even care whether or not they're a Christian man or a Christian woman. You are just desperate, Right? Your standard at this point is a pulse. That's all you're looking for. That's all you're, that's, you'll, take, you'll take something with a pulse, right? Right? Why would God answer any prayer that you and I pray when the main motivation behind it and the main desire behind it is my kingdom, not his? Write this down. The sweet spot of prayer, the sweet spot of prayer is the will of God and the kingdom of God. The sweet spot of prayer is the will of God, what God wants, and the kingdom of God, meaning Jesus' rule and reign, meaning Jesus is king. The sweet spot of prayer is the will of God and the kingdom of God. And listen, when we're in that sweet spot, y'all, Jesus says, ask for anything. Seek and you'll find it. You're in the sweet spot. Knock and that door, it's going to be open. There is nothing too big in that sweet spot. There is nothing off limits in that, in that sweet spot with the will of God and the kingdom of God. So a really good question you ought to be asking yourself right now is, okay, how do I find that sweet spot? How do I find the will of God and the kingdom of God? How, how can I get in that sweet spot? And listen, there's all kinds of different ways that we can answer it, but let me just give you one way and never get beyond this one way. You want to know the will of God and the kingdom of God in your life, what that would look like? Start right here with the word of God. Start right here with the Word of God. Start right here with the Word of God. Let me show you a practice. Say, say, Mark, what you mean? Let me show you what you mean, what I mean. Turn back one page, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, the disciples ask Jesus how to pray, and Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer. Everybody in here knows the Lord's Prayer. You've got, probably got it on a coffee mug or stitched on a pillow or a really tacky sweatshirt. I'm sorry, but we've all been talking about it for years. All right? Verse 9, Matthew 6, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, watch, watch, watch hallowed be your name. Stop right there. Stop right there. Jesus says, listen, you want to pray in the sweet spot of the will of God and the kingdom of God? Make this the way you start your prayers and make this the way that you pray all the time. God, we want your name to be great in every place on the earth. Hallowed be your name. Listen, do you guys know any place where Jesus is not worshiped? Hello? Y'all must be living in different places than I do because, man, I, right? Some of you are like, I really can't think of a place where, the love, where Jesus is not loved the way that he ought to be loved right? You are smoking something, bro, right? Is Jesus worshiped the way he ought to be worshiped in your school? 
Is Jesus worshipped the way he ought to be worshipped where you work? Is Jesus worshipped the way he ought to be worshipped in Hazard, Kentucky? No. Well, are we, is anybody praying that that would change? Is anybody praying that your school would change? Is anybody praying that your business would change? Here's what a lot of us are doing. It's always been this way. Why would it change now? Keep that in your pocket. I'm coming back for you. Let's see what he says here. Give us this day our daily bread. My hand's up. Is there anybody at Summit Community Church today that has a need? Raise your hand. Raise your hand right now if you need something. All right? Look at, look at whose hand is not up. They're the people who are loaded and go to them. All right? They're the people who got it made. Go to them right after church. I, I'm looking right now. I'm scoping y'all out. All right, we're going to have a conversation about the building after church today. All right, praise the Lord, hallelujah. All right, you got a need? Jesus says, give, God, give us today our daily bread. Listen, do you know that every need you have, if that need is met, Jesus met that need? Do you know that? Do you know Jesus met that need? You go to the restaurant, somebody else cooked it, God gave you that, ultimately. God gave you that money. You thank God for your employer, but at the end of the day, Jesus is your provider. Give us today our daily bread. That's big things. That's small things. Some people try to mask this in false humility and say, listen, I just pray for everybody else. I don't pray for my own needs. No, no, no. Jesus says, pray for your own needs. God, give us today our daily bread. Jesus says this. This is in the Bible. You want to get in that sweet spot of the the will of God and the kingdom of God. Jesus said that faith the size of a mustard seed. If you tell that mountain to move, it'll move. And nothing will be impossible for you. I am telling you that childlike faith can move cancer. I am telling you that childlike faith can move a city. I am telling you that childlike faith can move your family. Listen, listen. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. When you pray, if you want to pray in the, if you want to pray in the will of God, pray the word of God back to God. Now, that doesn't mean that every single thing you say in prayer has to be the Bible, but I am telling you, you want to get in that sweet spot? Listen, you want to know what God wants? God wrote a book. You want to know what God thinks? God wrote a book. You want to get in God's sweet spot of the will and the kingdom of God? God wrote a book. And God says, ask, 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 seek, knock. Well, here's the question. Mark, what about all the prayers I prayed? And they didn't get answered. Mark, I've been in that sweet spot. There's no doubt in my mind I've been in that sweet spot. If, if you can't feel the tension here, let me create some. In 2 Peter, it says that, that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And I, me, I ain't talking about y'all. I have prayed that people get saved and they didn't get saved. What do you do? See, here's what we need to know. There's mystery here is there not there's mystery here see jesus is not a vending machine right this is not a magic formula ask seek knock it's not a magic formula monday we're going to ask tuesday we're going to seek wednesday we'll knock thursday boom no this is not a formula jesus is not a vending machine jesus has his own will and ways that are mysteries to all of us he's infinite you and i are finite but let's go back to parents and kids parents aren't there times when your kids ask for something and you know it's not in their best interest to give it to them aren't there times mom and dad can i just drink syrup for breakfast no you can't nope actually can't do that See, what God wants to do with my faith and with your faith, God wants to toughen up our faith, you could say. God wants to toughen up your faith and my faith so that your faith stands no matter what you're going through. See, it's easy to start, but it's hard to finish, isn't it? 
That's why, that's why a lot of people, they start well, they get fired up and excited about Jesus. Six months later, a lot of people are left behind talking about where'd they go. Easy to start, hard to finish. God wants to strengthen your faith so that you have a faith that's tough enough to withstand no matter what the world would throw at you. And so sometimes, even though you're in that sweet spot, God says, listen, listen, that's great. You're you're praying exactly the way you ought to pray. And I'm going to do that later, but right now, I want to strengthen your faith. Right now, I want you to learn that I'm faithful. Right now, I want you to learn that I'm that good, good father. I might do that later, or you might see the full benefit of it in eternity, but right now, now I want to give you a faith to stand no matter what. But make no mistake about it, Jesus tells us to ask for everything. And finally, number two, he tells us to ask, he tells us to ask kids ask a lot. So kids ask for everything, and kids ask a lot. Kids ask a lot. See, these three words, ask, seek, knock, you know what they got in common? The only thing ask, seek, knock has in common is that they are repetitive. So don't just ask once, seek once, knock once. No, Jesus is telling us to keep coming and asking, to keep coming and seeking, to keep coming and knocking over and over and over. Have you ever been driving somewhere with your kids and you haven't pulled out of the driveway five minutes and they're already in the back seat saying, when are we going to get there? How much longer we got to go? How much farther? How much farther? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you're driving down the road and you're thinking, you know what, if I drop them off right here, nobody will ever know. Nobody will know, Right? Just asking over and over and over. See, God wants us to come to him and be repetitive about it. So some of you, you've been praying for something, and you've been praying for things for years, and you're saying, Mark, I've been praying about this for years. What do I do? You know what you do? You keep seeking. You keep knocking. You keep asking. Don't quit until God moves. That's what Jesus wants us to know. I love what Carl Vader says. He's a pastor out in California. He just simply says this, staying faithful is better than giving up right? Staying faithful is better than giving up. You keep praying that they'd be healed. You keep praying that they'd be saved. You keep praying for your marriage. But here's my question. I'm going to end with this. What, do you happen, what happens when you don't ask? What happens when you don't pray? What happens when you don't ask and you don't seek and you don't knock? What happens when you don't do that at all? See, because there's a lot of Christians walking around. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ right now who are walking around with a cynical, jaded faith that says, you know what, we've been there, we've done that. God's never done that in my life. Or, or there's a lot of people that are walking around saying, oh, looking at the Bible, oh, you know what, God doesn't do that kind of stuff anymore. Oh, you know what, that expired. Listen, listen, there is not an expiration date on anything in the Word of God. Right? God's not changed. God's not changed. It's not as if the book of Acts ended and then God said, all right, guys, I need a vacation. And he's been on vacation for a while. No, God's not changed. God's not done. But what happens when we don't ask, seek, knock? You know, the Bible answers that question. In James chapter 4, verse 2, James chapter 4, verse 2 says this. You don't have because you don't what? Let's do that again. You don't have because you don't what? Really? Do you hear that? You don't have because you don't ask. Well, well, Mark, I've been asking for things. I've been asking for this for a long time. Well, we can finish the verse, and the verse, rest of the verse isn't on the screen, but the rest of James chapter 4, verse 2 says this. You don't have because you don't ask, and some of you ask with wrong motives. So maybe you're asking for the right things, but you got an attitude inside of your heart. God needs to work on that attitude first before God answers that prayer. Hello? 
God needs to work on your anger first. God needs to work on your unforgiveness first. God wants to work on your lust first. Hey, husbands, husbands, did you know that there's a verse in the book of 1 Peter that says that we need to treat our wives as Christ loved the church so that our prayers are not hindered? Hello. Right? That's what the Bible says. So maybe you're a guy, I've been praying about this for years. How do you treat your wife? Say, well, Mark, I'm checking my heart, and Mark, there's nothing in my heart. Mark, well, are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Are you begging God to move? You don't have because you don't ask. Jesus says this at another place. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, Jesus says this, according to your faith, be it done to you. I love what Rick Warren says. Rick Warren says that you and I, we are experiencing right now everything we believe God has for us. And man, when I hear that, I look at my life a lot and I think, well, that's not much. Something's got to change. Last week, we wrapped up this sermon and we're coming back to it right now with the question, what are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? Students, students, what are you believing God for? Not 10 years from now, not when you graduate, but right now. What are you believing God for right now? What do you believe in God for, for your marriage? What do you believe in God for, for this community? So many people look at Eastern Kentucky and say, well, this place is going to be a ghost town. There's no hope for hazard. It's over for hazard. Is there anywhere in the Bible that says that? Some of us are talking about it like we got a word from the Lord, and unless God has spoken, we need to be asking, we need to be seeking, we need to be knocking that God would change this city. Right? Well, are you, are you asking that anybody would get saved? Are you seeking God to change where you work? Are you seeking God and begging God and believing God for your marriage to rescue that marriage or to bring that person in your life? That
I want to challenge everybody to come. Come on. Come on. Right now. Just come on. Right here. You can walk up here. Just grab one of these. Make room. Squeeze over. And we're going to wait and we're going to give time to it. I want to challenge you to come. I want to challenge you to come on right now. Just come on. Come on, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. Whatever it is, it's not too big for our God. He's a healer. He forgives sin. He sets the captives free. God is able. So we're going to take just a minute. When we're done here in just a moment with this part, we're going to receive our offering. we got some more things to come. But you just come right now. You just come. Come on. Come on. Just come today. Come right now. Say, you know what? I'm going to put on there a monument. I'm going to write it down. I'm trusting God for this one. I'm believing God for this one. You come. You might want to bring your whole family. You might want to bring some friends. Maybe you're sitting with people you don't even know. Ask them to come. We're believing God for this one. We're going to write it down. I'd love to see schools written on there, the names of schools on there, names of streets and neighborhoods on there. This entire region on there. Let's ask God to do what only God can do. stand while the band leads us. Let's stand and sing. Everybody, just keep coming. Just keep coming.
continue to pray for us. Would you pray with me? Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we just believe that you're able. You're able to move mountains. God, you are able to set the addict free. You are able to, to bring the broken to healing and restoration. God, you are able to bring those who are running far from you, running hard away from you, you're able to bring them home. You're able to save. You're able to provide. You are able, and God, you have invited us to ask you, to seek and to knock and to believe you for all things. Father, right now, I just pray for, there might be somebody here today that, that, that has never asked you to come into their life and save them. And God, I pray right now, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice right here in this room that needs to be saved today, ask you to forgive them for their sins. Then God, right now, they just pray this prayer with me. If there's anybody here today that needs to be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you right now today. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and coming back from the dead for me. I give my life to you today, Jesus, for the first time. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Jesus to save you for the first time, will you just put your hand up right now so I can see it and celebrate with you? Just put your hand high. Say, Mark, today I asked Jesus to save me. Just put your hand up. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what I love about today. I love that so many people came up and said, God, I am believing you for this. God, write this day down in our hearts as a church that we are believing you for greater things, that we are believing you for all that you are. We've written down and all the more. We are believing you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys go ahead and grab a seat for a second. And here's what I want to ask you to do. Right now, our ushers are going to come. We're going to receive our offering. And so let's just continue this time of response. And I want to ask every single person in here to go ahead and grab your connection card. Everybody has one. And on that card, if you're here today and you're a regular attender, you come every single week, you're a partner, really all you need to do on that card, just put your name on that card and check that you're a regular attender or you're a partner, the box that applies to you. But put your name on that card. If you're here today for the very first time you're, or you're here for the second time, put your name down, check that you're a guest. But, but anything that God did in your life today, we want to know about it. We've given you a lot of room on the back of that card. You can let us know that you want to be baptized. You can let us know that you want to join a life group. Life groups begin this week. You can take that step. But let us know what God did in your life today. We would love to pray with you this week and pray for you and reach out to you. So go ahead and just fill out those connection cards and you can make any preparation that you need to for the offering. And right now, our ushers are going to come. We're going to receive our offering. They're already in place. And as those baskets go around, you can just drop your connection card in there with your offering. We just ask that everybody does that. Let us know that you are here today. We can pray for you and come alongside of your family. Our band's going to lead us in a song as we receive our offering. And I want to pray for us. Father, you are a God who hears prayer. You are a God who loves your children. You are a God who invites your children to come and ask, seek, and knock. And Jesus, we are believing you for greater things. God, we give this offering in anticipation of greater things that you will do. God, that you have more in store for our church, that you have more in store for our lives. So we give and believe that you are able to take what's given here and multiply it. Father, I, I thank you that Jesus is alive and God, you are forever faithful. So be with us, Jesus, right now. Be glorified in this moment as we sing. In your name, amen. Let's all stand and let's sing and let's give today as God, as God leads us.
Love endures forever. I said, His love endures forever. 